Live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio, it's Jimmy B and TC on 1700 KBGG. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we're going to uh, flip off of basketball and do some baseball conversation. Uh, Nick Nelson, Twins Daily, always fun when he comes on the show. It's Trent's team. I'll let him lead the conversation with Nick because I want it to be positive. Uh, he comes to us on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. Nick, how are you, pal? Doing real well. How are you guys? Uh, we're terrific. We're having a good day here. Uh, are the Twins having a good day, and will they have a good season? Uh, well, well, it's all relative, but I think we can say uh, with with a fair amount of confidence that it will be a better season. So, uh, you know, I think they're definitely t- looking to take a step in the right direction, and, and things have been going relatively well this spring. So uh, I think there's there's a good amount of positivity surrounding the team right now, uh, all things considered. Positivity. Well, you were uh, down in Florida <laughs> While you were down there, did you get to row the boat at all? We know you're a gopher as well. <laughs> uh, no, there was there was no no boat rowing. Uh, you know the the uh, basketball team was, was short lived in the tournament, but yeah. at least they were there. And uh, yeah, we'll be interested to see how Mr. Fleck does here taking the helm of the football squad. Well, we'll give you crap about the Gophers. Yeah, another yeah, day. we we're, will. We're here to talk Twins as we go through our Midwest baseball previews today up north. With the Minnesota Twins last year, a disaster, a 100-loss season. The rotation was not just bad, it was historically bad. Irvin Santana will be at the top. You know what you're going to get out of him, 2,200 uh, pretty league average innings. And then after that, it's a whole lot of question marks. So let's start right there. Why the uh, maybe the expectation from Twins fans right now that it's going to be better? Is it as simple as it can't be any worse? Hey, well, that is that is pretty much the simple uh, underlying fact. Uh, you know, I think I think that uh, getting getting Hector Santiago here for a full year, uh, he's coming off a, a pretty bad season for him, but he's but he's been a solid major league pitcher. So I think getting him in there is going to help Gibson. Uh, I think Kyle Gibson's really going to bounce back. You know, he had a lot of shoulder and back problems last year, and uh, he went through this sort of experimental program to sort of change his delivery and solve that and you know so far the results have been very good this spring i'm not going to try to overplay that because he was very good last spring as well uh but he's a guy who's very capable of being a mid-rotation starter and you know i think just with jose barrios you know getting a little experience under his belt he's not going to be in the rotation to start the year but i think he'll be up soon um adalberto mejia the the left-hander that they got from uh san francisco and the eduardo nunez trade last year is looking really good i mean he's throwing 94 miles an hour and he's got an ass so, you know, I just think they have they have better depth. It's not just uh, it's not just numbers as they've had in the past with guys like Andrew Albers and Pat Dean. You know, they have some quality guys they can call upon to fill in. You know, if someone gets hurt, if they have another, obviously the Trevor May situation is a real letdown. Uh, you know, and Phil Hughes is, is giving up homers in bunches. So that's a little concerning, but they have some guys they can fall back on that are actually pretty good and have some upside. Are you pretty much stating then that they won't lose a hundred games? That they'll be could could they make? I, I guess I'm getting at two years ago they were in it all the way till the final weekend for a playoff spot. Could this year be that sort of year, or are we thinking too much in advance? Yeah, you know it wouldn't surprise me at all if they, if they were able to play 500 ball for most of the year. Um, yeah, I think like you pointed out, you know it's, it's not all that different of a roster than the one that won 83 games a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. They've got some young players who have gone through some struggles who are getting that experience under their belt. And, you know, another thing that I think is a big deal is, is having new 
decision-makers in place. I think Falvey and Levine, you know, sort of the new brain trust in the front office, are going to be uh, maybe quicker to make decisions, more proactive, making decisions based on evidence and, and statistics, more so than sort of scouting and feel, which I think was uh, sort of the modus operandi for the Terry Ryan operation. So, uh, you know, that in and of itself is going to help a lot. So, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I'm not going to predict they'll make the playoffs, but right. uh, it, it wouldn't shock me to see them be competitive this summer. Okay. Nick Nelson from Twins Daily with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Nick, uh, we talked about the rotation. You talked about some of the depth there and some of the exciting young guys that are going to be coming up. What about the bullpen? You got uh, at the back end, Kinsler, who did a pretty decent job at the end of the year when he secured that role. But just a whole lot of names in there that certainly, uh, if you're looking around, you're not going to be drafting in any fantasy leagues. Matt Belisle, a veteran that they brought in. They didn't do a whole lot, though, to fix that bullpen. Tell us about some of the arms that you expect to be big contributors, though. Yeah, you know, I would say that the bullpen is, is definitely the, the biggest weakness on paper here going into the season. Uh, you look at the personnel that are going to be making up that unit uh, on opening day, and I don't think there's a ton of uh, – there's a really high ceiling for that group. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of guys that you would trust going up against the heavy hitters in the Detroit lineup in the late innings. Uh, you know, I think that the, the hope with that group and probably the reason that they, they didn't do a whole lot of tinkering or give out a lot of guaranteed contracts in the offseason is that they have some, some really, really impressive young arms that are coming up and, and hopefully going to make an impact soon. J.T. Chagois, uh, uh, a very hard thrower. You know, he, he had one of the hardest fastballs in the majors last year as a rookie. Um, he's been a closer throughout, throughout his minor league career and in college. Um, didn't make the team out of spring, but he'll be up soon, I think. Uh, Tyler Jay, their first-round draft pick a couple years ago, they tried him as a starter for a little bit. Now they're moving him back to the bullpen, where I think he's going to have a fast pass to the majors. So, uh, in the early in the early couple months, it could be some rough going, and maybe even in the later months. But but I think the goal there is to kind of bring along some of these uh, fireballers uh, from the minors and sort of just get them some experience, get them comfortable. And I do think that they're trying to build towards, you know, that model like uh, like Derek Falvey's Cleveland Indians deployed last year with just these three huge arms in the in the back end that were kind of shortening games, and that's sort of the same thing the Royals did during their successful run. Well, Tyler Jay is a guy that uh, Nick has been talked a whole lot. The Twins spent a high draft pick on him, hoping that he could become a starter and a guy that could help that rotation, but the announcement was made. He's going to be making his way to the bullpen. Uh, when do you expect to see De- Taylor, uh, Tyler Jay up with the big league squad, and what is his role and a chance for him to become? Uh, you know, if he can stay healthy, uh, it would not surprise me at all to see him up in June, as soon as June or July. I mean, his his fastball slider combo is is pretty much big league ready. Those are those are nasty pitches that are going to get big league hitters out. Um, and you know, uh, he's he's probably a lot more comfortable in the relief role. I think he just kind of needs to, you know, put in some innings and get some consistency in the minors. I'm guessing he'll start in Double A. And uh, if there's a need, he could be up pretty quickly. And you know, I think they do envision him. You know, I'm not going to try to compare him to Andrew Miller, but but maybe that kind of guy who, who's, a, who's a fireballer who's just throwing just nasty blow-away sliders and 96-mile-per-hour fastballs out of the bullpen and maybe pitching a couple innings and really being that fireman. And, you know, we saw in the playoffs last year how valuable that could be. Nick Nelson is our guest, Twins, uh, Twins Daily, as we are discussing Minnesota Twins baseball on the Draft House 50 hotline. Is... Is there a chance that the fan base can get excited early about this team? Or, as you mentioned, they might struggle early and then maybe have some success in the middle and then struggle again late? 
Yeah, you know, I think that's going to be that's going to be the big key. Uh, obviously, okay. they don't want to start zero and nine. Uh, that that would be a a good step in the right direction. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be huge for them to get off to a good start. There's a lot of skepticism surrounding this team, understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they can, you know, if they can win a few series early on here in the season and and start to make people say, well, you know, maybe this team really is moving in the right direction. Uh, it's going to go a long way towards towards maintaining people's interest uh, as the summer moves on. So uh, there's been a lot of talk about how important it is to get off to a good start, and you know they got a lot of uh, matchups within the division here early on. So there's going to be some pretty pretty major uh, series here in April. Nick, uh, let's jump into the bats and let's start with the biggest bat of the mill. Miguel Sano came onto the scene with some uh, monster power that he showed. Then last year had the ill-fated move to right field for a while, came back, played third base. We know he's never going to be a strong defensive third baseman, but now back at his natural spot, even with all the strikeouts, still some excitement there. Your thoughts on the 2017 season for Miguel Sano? Yeah, I think the defense is going to be a big part of it. Um, you know, I've seen we, we've seen baseball sort of move to a point where uh, they're putting a little less value into the sluggers who can hit a bunch of home runs and, and not provide anything on defense. We saw a lot of guys like that in the offseason really have no markets developed themselves. Uh, so his ability to sort of thrive at third and at least be an average, and I think he can be an above-average third baseman. He's got a cannon for an arm, uh, and he looks pretty good there this spring. Uh, it, it's going to be huge for him, and then obviously – uh, trying to find a way to cut down at least a little bit on the strikeouts. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to keep your production afloat when you're striking out at the rate he does. He he uh, he would have set the all-time record last year for strikeout percentage if he would have made seven more plate appearances and qualified. And uh, he's been striking out in almost half of the bats in the spring, so that's not the most encouraging sign. But uh, it, it'd be nice to see him just just cut down a little bit, make a little more contact, and, and let that huge power bat show through a little more. Um, let's stay, let's stay offensively. Will this team be able when you when you talked about uh, you know the going from home runs to guys that can get the bat on the ball a little bit is is that the key for Minnesota maybe not playing for the long ball every inning just trying to get guys on base and try to create something? I think their profile is going to be as a power hitting team. Uh, okay. You know that that's going to be their strength, and and certainly teams can succeed in that way, um, but. But, yeah, to your point, you know, they, they're going to want to make more contact and get some more rallies together, uh, draw more walks, get the on-base percentage on. Uh, you know, Brian Dozier hit 40, 42 home runs last year, and so many of them were solo shots. And, mm-hmm. you know, part of that is that he's batting leadoff, which, which might happen again. That's where he's comfortable. Uh, but another part of that is just the guys in front of him not getting on base, and so it really limits the amount of damage you're able to do. So I think uh, it's, a lot of that's going to depend on Joe Maurer. He's one of their best on-base percentage guys on the team. Uh, he just needs to stay, you know, getting on base at a very healthy rate and fulfilling that role. And a guy like Robbie Grossman, who who was very good in the on-base uh, department last year, I think he'll play a lot this year, and, and he needs to keep doing that as well. They need they need the guys who that's a strength for to just keep keep doing it and uh, and keep getting aboard. Nick, uh, we talked about one of the youngsters, another one, Byron Buxton, the center field job, appears to be his. Uh, we saw... The ups and downs as he's come up a couple of different times, not working out. Finally, last year uh, with his latest call-up, he was able to put it all together, make contact, get power, and, and really be the player that we saw all throughout his minor league career. Are the Twins done tinkering with him, just going to let him go out and do his thing that was so successful at the end of the year? And what's your expectation this year for Byron Buxton? Yeah, you know, that was sort of one of the rumblings when I was down there. Uh, is that, you know, Tom Brunanski, who was the hitting coach last year and the previous few years, sort of had a reputation for being a, a sort of hyper-tinkerer. You know, he, he's 
he's always trying to change things and, and you know, uh, make a lot of alterations to batting stance and, you know, how big your step is and all that. And, and I think for a player like Byron Buxton, that, that really kind of got to his head and, and sort of drowned him in, in all that. So he, I know he in particular is one guy who's was really excited about the change with uh, James Rousen coming in as the new, uh, new hitting coach. He's much more of a hands-off guy, uh, not really bothering people's swings. And, you know, Buxton said last September what changed for him was just being comfortable playing his game and not really paying attention to the mechanics and all that. And it sort of allowed him to thrive and be the guy he is, which is just someone who goes out and attacks. So, uh, you know, if he's if he's able to keep doing that, he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a monster. You know, that guy. Uh, I was just watching a little clip from the game today, and he had a little bloop single that turned into a stand-up double pretty easily. I mean, he can do some special things on the bases and in the field if he's putting it in play. Max Kepler, another one of the youngsters, the German last year, had a great stretch uh, during the month of August, and then completely fell apart in September. Still just 24 years old, part of kind of the cornerstone of this rebuild process. Max Kepler, though, struggling this spring. How concerned are you with that? Uh, not very. You know, I mean, he's a really talented hitter, and he's a guy who has shown the ability to adapt and make adjustments, I think, in a, in a very impressive way. Uh, came over as a teenager from Germany, which is which is hardly a baseball hotbed, uh, and had to learn a new culture and, and kind of really learn the ins and outs of the sport. And you know it was a slow progression. He didn't he didn't hit a ton. Certainly didn't have a lot of power in his early early seasons. Uh, and then kind of really just grew and turned the corner in Double A. And then obviously came up to the majors and and was a monster for a period of time last year. And you know it was going to be that ongoing game of adjustments being made against him and him having to do the same in return. But uh, he's certainly shown the the capability to do that. And you know his athleticism and sort of aptitude for the game and his willingness to learn, uh, I think people shouldn't really worry too much about uh, about what he's going to do. Give me a guy that you think might surprise everybody this season. Is there one guy that you think of that could all of a sudden bust onto the scene for the Twins and and not not a not a you know star star superstar kind of guy, but a guy that would surprise everybody? Uh, you know, the first name that comes to mind is Eddie Rosario. I know he's not exactly a new player. He's been around for a couple seasons, but mm-hmm. uh, he's sort of been, been hitting that ceiling as a guy who uh, is such an aggressive free swinger that, that it really limits kind of what he's able to do. Uh, but, man, we saw him do some really great things in the World Baseball Classic there for Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really a dynamic and exciting player. You know, he can, he can chase everything down in the outfield. He's got a cannon for an arm, and, you know, he, he does swing at pretty much everything, but he also probably more than any player, other player on the team, um, maybe any other player for quite a while, uh, is able to just hit the ball anywhere inside or outside the zone and drive it. And that's, you know, having, having the reactions and the quick wrists to be able to do that is a pretty rare skill. So if he can make any kind of, you know, I'm, he's never going to be a disciplined hitter, but if he can make any kind of improvements in that department, uh, he really has the capability to take off and be, be a star hitter in this lineup. Uh, and, you know, when you, when you pair that with Buxton and Kepler in the outfield, uh, could give the Twins one of the one of the better outfields in the game. Hey, uh, since you referenced the World Baseball uh, Challenge, did you like it? it? And and if so, what did you like about it? I do like it. Uh, you know, I think it's it's uh, really great for the game globally. I think it generates a lot of excitement and interest in places where um, it, maybe that's lacking. Uh, and it was fun to watch. You know, it's fun to watch these these kids from these other countries uh, really get into it and really get passionate and excited on the field. I personally, I know that there's some uh, U.S. players that find it a little off-putting uh, how, how out they are, out there they are with their emotions. But uh, to me, that's what's great about baseball. So I like it. I like the fact that you know some of these guys are are getting some intense competitive action in here in the spring at a time where 
normally they're basically just playing practice games uh, in spring training, uh, but it definitely has its downsides. You know, I think Jose Barrios, for one, never really gave himself a chance at winning that rotation spot because he wasn't able to be here pitching on a regular schedule and building up his pitch count. And, and I think we're seeing Kenny Vargas as well, a guy who probably was first in line for that DH spot, has now probably fallen behind Bianco Park because Park is here crushing the ball, doing great in spring training with the Twins, and Vargas was sitting on the bench most of the time with that Puerto Rico team. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, especially for these players who choose to participate. Nick Nelson, Twins Daily, with us on the Draft House 50 Hotline. Uh, Nick, as we get ready for the season, also a lot of Twins already looking forward to the amateur draft in June because the Twins do have the number one pick. Uh, first, your thoughts on that, a direction or two that maybe the Twins would be looking at going. And then secondly, the importance of this first draft for Falvey and Levine and just your initial feelings on these guys. They went through the offseason, the new front office staff, and some of the changes you've seen with the Twins there. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously it's a huge opportunity. They haven't had a number one overall pick since they drafted Joe Maurer in 2001. He, he obviously was a, was a generational player for them, and they'll be looking to add a similar talent. I think there's a, a pretty clear front runner right now for the guy who's going to go first overall. His name's Hunter Green. He's a, he's a high school two-way player out of California who, who probably uh, could go as a position player or a pitcher, but I think he's kind of being preferred as a pitcher right now. He can reach triple digits on the mound in high school, uh, which is – which is pretty nice. So, you know, that's obviously the kind of player that the Twins would, would benefit a lot from adding to their system. Um, I don't think necessarily the number one overall pick is going to be a huge test uh, for Salvi and Levine's front office. I'm guessing it's going to be fairly obvious who it should be by the time it comes around. But, you know, having that first overall pick also means you get the first pick in every ensuing round. Um, I think they've got three picks in the first, like, 40. So, so this is a humongous opportunity uh, for them to add some serious talent to the organization and a can't-miss opportunity for, for Falvey and Levine. They've reconfigured their draft department a little bit, I know. Um, you know, things, things weren't going so well there for a while with some of their, their first-round picks and uh, this emphasis that we saw on drafting college relievers and trying to turn them into starters. Tyler Jay, as we mentioned, is an example of where that just didn't quite work out. Um, so, you know, I think people are looking for a fresh perspective and, and some more success in the drafting department. And, uh, you know, neither neither Falvey or Levine have really been, been tested too much in that regard uh, up to this point, but uh, there's no reason to think they're not prepared for it. I know they're very, very data-driven, analytical guys who are gonna who are gonna you know cover all the bases and make sure that they're uh, trying to make the right choices based on data. All that being said, Nick, let's put it down right now. <laughs> the Minnesota Twins finish this year with how many victories? I'll say uh, I'll say 78. I will take that right now. Yeah, I know you would. At least stay relevant, keep it interesting for a while. That's what I'm hoping for here in 2017. Nick, as always, good catching up with you, and uh, get back to work, and don't forget to row that boat with uh, your boy, P.J. Fleck. All right, go go for Have a good one, guys. See you, pal. There you go. Nick Nelson, Twins Daily, on the Draft House 50 Hotline Mills Civic Parkway, West Des Moines. So you'll take the 78. Sure. Like, like right at this very second. Yes, after last year. <laughs> yeah. 78 and 484. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay. At least hanging around. Yeah. I mean, you get to that spot, you're kind of around 500. That yeah, means, you are. Yeah. You know, going into the final month of the season, you at least have hope for a wild card. Right. Usually it's, you know, 85, 86, but... Hey, you know what? If the, the Twins get on a, they win fifteen out of twenty down the stretch. Hey, but, hey I'll take that. Okay. After last year, yeah. <laughs> that many, bullpen is scary. How though. many did they win last year? Twenty-one. Uh, fifty-nine <laughs> and one hundred three. Fifty-nine and one hundred three. Oh god. That bullpen though. Yeah. Woof. 
tell me if you've heard of any of these guys. Be honest. Okay. Be honest. All right. I'll I'll be fair with you. Okay. Okay. Ryan Presley. No. Yeah, he's a young guy the Twins brought up a couple years ago. Matt Belisle. I've heard of uh, I've heard of Belisle. He was with the Reds. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's got a major. He's got major league background. Uh, how about uh, Craig Breslow? No. Okay. Michael Tonkin. No. Uh, Rogers. Who? Rogers. Rogers. Rogers Cromarty? No, no, Taylor Rogers. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, that's the bullpen right now. Wow, I I recognize one name. How about Brandon Kinsler? Oh, I know that name. You do? Yeah, yeah. His uh, his brother Ian plays yeah. for. No, not the Spe- same. Spelled not, differently. Not the same guy. There's a Z in this one. I got. There's you. a Z in this. I have one. no freaking clue then. He got he got the closer job late last year with the Twins. It's it's scary. It's scary. Yeah, you know, and he talked about those youngsters. Brios, who was a disaster last year when he got called up, but you know, uh, he has been pretty good. The bullpen makes you nervous, really nervous. But overall, I think they're going to score runs. The rotation's going to be better. That bullpen's going to be bad. Though. Yeah. 78-84, you, yeah, I'll you, take it. You'll take that after last season. Coming up next, we got Wolfgang coming with us. We'll talk with him about everything going on, a little Iowa Pro Day with Wolfgang and much more as we roll through. It's a Tuesday edition, Jimmy B and TC, live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. The big games play here. Westwood One Sports on Des Moines Station for News Talk Sports. 1700 KBGG. The weather's warming up and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small, flat roof, sloped, or pitched. The guys at Wolf Construction will do a wonderful job for you. Most single-family home projects are completed in one day, and your property is left in better condition than they found it. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. It's Wolf Construction Roofing. Call BJ Bengard today, 515-225-8866, or check them out online, wolfconstruction.net. It's a huge April Fool's three-day RV sale at Bob and Joe's RV Center in Guthrie Center. No fooling! March 30th, 31st, and April 1st is the time to roll out to Bob and Joe's RV Center and pick up that RV that's just right for you. With family-style coaches from Puma, Sunset Trail, and Rockwood bunkhouses with exterior kitchens to Cardinal, Sandpiper, Elk Ridge, and Big Country quality-designed fifth wheels. Are you thinking you want to bring those toys along? Well, come out to Bob and Joe's RV and check out the all-new Cyclone multifunctional unit with extra garage space and that rear side to relax on, all with huge savings. No fooling! Even being be in those smaller style units for those comfortable yet smaller vehicles, come check out the amazing selection of Rockwood pop-ups, A-frames, and introducing the new lightweight GeoPro with units from 14 to 19 foot. No fooling! All this is happening March 30th, 31st, and April 1st with extended hours at Bob and Joe's RV Center in Guthrie Center, home of your RV warranty forever. Remember, every great vacation starts somewhere. Start yours at Bob and Joe's RV Center in Guthrie Center. No fooling! You ever wonder what you look like with a full, natural head of hair? Well, find out. Mr. Executive lets you try before you buy. Get real hair again and a lease with options. Mr. Executive offers a 90-day lease for just $200. At the end of 90 days, if you decide to keep your new hair, the initial investment goes toward the purchase price. Look, don't spend any more money on potions and lotions that don't work. Check the latest in hair replacement online at mrexecutive.com or call 274-4049. Mr. Executive, 70th and University in Windsor Heights. 
It feels great to be invited, and we want you to feel that way the moment you walk in the door at Billion Buick GMC. Whether you're shopping for a new Buick, GMC, or a certified pre-owned, you deserve nothing less. Our knowledgeable, friendly staff is dedicated to helping you make a great decision on your next vehicle and to give you the VIP experience. We are professional great and always have a large, competitively priced inventory here for your convenience. You're invited to Billion Buick GMC in Clyde or BillionAuto.com slash GMC. If you live in Ankeny, Urbandale, West Des Moines, or most other Des Moines suburbs, you are a customer of the Des Moines Waterworks. Bill Stowe, the director of the Des Moines Waterworks, just wasted $1 million of your money on a frivolous lawsuit that wrongly targeted Iowa's farmers. After being soundly rejected by the Iowa Supreme Court, Stowe's misguided lawsuit was just dismissed by a federal judge as having no merit. Think you can get your money back? Not a chance. Think you can hold Bill Stowe accountable? Think again. If you live in the suburbs, you currently have no voice on the Des Moines Waterworks Board. They set the water rates, you pay them. They waste millions on lawsuits, you pay that bill too. And that's just not right. The time for lawsuits and misplaced priorities is over. Instead, let's continue to implement Iowa's collaborative, research-based Iowa Water Quality Initiative and encourage partnerships that actually result in cleaner water for Iowans. Paid for by the Iowa Partnership for Clean Water. The Spa at West Glen, a personal journey for the mind, body, and spirit. Treat yourself with massage therapies including sweetest massage, deep tissue massage, and the signature service from the Spa at West Glen, the West Glen Body Ritual. The Spa at West Glen also provides injectables, facials, chemical peels, and medical spa treatments including Dermapen along with nutritional services. Look and feel your best with help from the Spa at West Glen. And the Spa at West Glen makes a great gift for the special lady in your life. Believe me. Call the Spa at West Glen at 515-225-2642. That's 515-225-2642. Or check them out online at relaxdemoine.com. Dr. Heidi Cook and the Spa at West Glen. Hi folks, Mike from JLM Shooter Supply here, inviting you to visit our full-service gun shop. Whether you are precision rifle shooting, competing in handgun matches, or just out plinking with the family, we have everything you might need. We offer all types of firearms, ammunition, and accessories, as well as all types of gunsmithing services. We've been here since 1988, and we won't be undersold by the big stores, and no one can match our service after the sale. We're on the corner of 70th and Douglas in Urbandale, or we can be reached at 515-331-1577. We're JLM Shooter Supply. See you soon. Hey, it's Jimmy B. And TC for Draft House 50 on Mills Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Hey, Draft House 50 has 47 big screen TVs for great viewing of any game. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, tennis, you name it. Hey, the Draft House 50 can get it, even cricket? Draft House 50 has a sensational menu featuring specialty burgers, steak, salads, and so much more. And on Saturday and Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., it's brunch, which includes a terrific Bloody Mary bar. The Draft House 50, a place for sports, great food, and drinks. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. Back to the Wolf Construction Roofing Studio. Sponsored by Wolf Construction Roofing. It's Jimmy B and TC. Back here on a Tuesday, Jimmy B and TC running solo here as I welcome in Wolfgang. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye, and it's presented by the Spa at West Glen. Wolfgang, well, uh, basketball season just about in the rearview mirror. We got the Final Four, the NIT Final Four tonight as well, and kind of stings not seeing the Hawkeyes there. It does, man. I'm, 
been thinking a lot about it, and I've gotten over it, but I, I'm so excited for next year. Uh, just talking with friends, going out, uh, watching Kansas lose was just glory to me. Um, people don't get that. I actually had a friend that was coming at me hardcore because he graduated from Kansas and what we talked about. But I, I don't want these Iowa kids leaving the state, and it's kind of what you put out. Why do we want Kansas to win? Why do we want them to win national championships? Things that you pointed out. But um, it is a little tough watching this NIT final because I think uh, we could have won that TCU game, and TCU wasn't a joke. But I think Iowa. I think I literally. I think if they played TCU ten times, I think they win uh, six or seven. Yeah, yeah, I, you're probably right. If you you play those games at home, I, I think you're right there. It just was one of those games where defensively Iowa wasn't there, and it'll be an off season kind of a what ifs uh, for this squad. But we'll start to take a look forward. But before we get into that, speaking of looking forward. Iowa football, spring football going on right now. A couple of practices under the belts. And also uh, yesterday, the pro day for a lot of the prospects. Most people anticipate Desmond King will be the uh, top draft pick from the Iowa team. But you know, here as of late, his uh, his numbers have gone down a little bit. You know, you, you saw from middle of first round, late first round. Now I'm seeing a lot more second, even some third rounds out there. Just your overall thoughts on Desmond King as he makes a step to the next level. And my, my favorite Hawkeye players are the ones that come back. Even though I love Dallas Clark, he can't be considered one of my favorite players because he left early, even though he's, I think he was 37 when he, <laughs> when he left Iowa. You know, he was real old. But um, Des King, we talked about this. Do you remember this? We talked about, I kept looking up draft stuff, and I love Des King, okay? I love him. But remember when we were seeing some of the mock drafts and they had him like eighth pick? Thirteenth mm-hmm. pick, and I, I think you were kind of guarded on where you thought he would be. You wanted to see what he would run in the forty. I believe you said, but I, I never thought he would be anywhere close to that. Um, so you're seeing third round. I think that's a little late. I would I would go second round with Desk King with the four five forty he ran. See who he's got as the agent. How did Kirk let that happen? <laughs> Well, Kirk doesn't get to uh, pick all their agents or anything like that. It's well, I mean, he knows. I mean, Kirk knows a lot about the NFL and what they want to see. What the heck's that guy? Anyway, the guy's name from Miami. He's you know he slicks his hair back. He's just slimy, and I don't like to see Des King with him. Um, but if he literally did run a four five, if Des King said he ran a four five, I believe him. If his agent said he ran a four five, I don't know. Um, it's, you can't be a first-round pick if you don't know whether you're going to be a safety or, or a uh, a quarterback, Trent. Do you agree? You can. You just have to be unbelievably yeah, you can, good. I, guess I mean, you can. Yeah. You, you can get away with it. And, you know, there's a lot of people that believe that if he's not a corner, it's not just safety, but maybe he can be a nickel corner, you know, do that. And, and any more in the NFL, those guys are incredibly valuable. And it's not just as simple as, well, we're going to take our third cornerback and he's going to be our nickel corner. They're... There's a lot more to it, and with uh, his physical abilities, though he might not have the speed of some other guys, maybe that's where he lines up. He's not an overly big guy in comparison to some of the others. You know, he's right at six foot. So, you know, with, with all those kind of coupled together, maybe that's the step for him. And it's not like if you're a nickel corner for somebody, you're not going to get paid. Those guys are worth their weight in gold. I think Dez is going to stick. I don't know if he's ever going to turn into a guy that's a pro bowler. I don't think that, but I think that this is a guy, barring an injury, that's going to have a long, productive career, and you're going to look up after six, seven, eight years and say, that guy had to put together a real nice career. Well, let's say we believe the agent. He ran a 4-5. That's pretty good. 
Yes. And supposedly he's still not 100%. So let's give him a 4-4-5. That's good. Yeah. And I think that's better. Don't you think a 4-4-5 is better than most people were expecting? Oh, yeah, a- a- absolutely. Now, the other part of it uh, is that the Iowa uh, 40 times are usually a tick faster than you anticipate. Yeah. In fact, the last three years, there's been a guy from Iowa that's run a sub 4-4 four, four, uh, when they're playing on the fast track there in Iowa City. So, you know, Indianapolis is always a bit slower. Uh, many people think maybe that's a, there's a reason that Dez didn't run there because of that. Uh, but, hey, it makes sense. If you're going to go there, you're still going to run the 40. You're still going to show your time. And you do it at a little faster track in Iowa City, it's a good thing for you. Riley McCarron ran a what, 4.36 yesterday, something like that. Riley McCarron's yep. moving. Yeah, Riley McCarron, 43640, uh, close to a 41-inch vertical leap. And let me tell you something. If he goes to the Patriots and has one of those careers like all those other little midgets they've had over there, I'm going to go ballistic. I am going to go ballistic that we didn't use him more. But he does, to me, I can't even really say that. He didn't look 436 fast on the field to me. And there's those 40 times when you run those 40s, and there's not. Um, Kayvon Smith. Again, that we talked about him. Mm-hmm. He ran good. He ended up sticking, I believe. He was a um, practice player there for a while, Trent, and he stuck. I think this, I remember because it was my birthday, I believe he ended up making the team. Do you know if, if Davon Smith is on the team, the Colts? I, he's on the team, yeah. And I, I believe he was active for maybe a game or two in there, something like that. Oh, you think only a game or two. Okay, yeah. I was thinking it was more than that. No, okay. uh, yeah. I, I, I think it was just a game or two that he was even active. And, and I'm not exactly sure, to be honest. But, yeah. Uh, I, but if you, if, you, if you run a freaking 4-3-6, and the article was that he's got a job now, he's like an accountant or something, and he he's out let me just uh, leave my job and go run a 4-3-6. I just don't I don't. How it's possible that he could? Everybody's kind of joking about the Patriots thing because he kind of looks like the receivers and the, the successful receivers they've had. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does it, but I I, I don't see that happening. I did not see the four three six speed on the actual field um, when I was watching him. I don't know. Maybe you did. Well, when he was running away from that Nebraska guy, I saw it. <laughs> so you're. Are you thinking he's got a shot here, then? No, because those are sick numbers, man. Those no, no. I mean they're they're sick numbers, but he's five foot eight. I mean, so no, he doesn't have a shot. I don't think uh, a playing at the next level. What about your boyfriend, C.J. Beathard? Um, I'm a little worried about him because he's always hurt. Mm-hmm. He's always hurt. He cannot get healthy. Now it's a hamstring. You know, other times it was you know whatever it was. He was always hurt. I love this guy. Do I think he's going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL? No. Is there a place for him in the NFL? Yeah. He's better than Stanzi, in my opinion. Better than Stanzi? Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. I mean, if Stanzi's doing this, if Stanzi's had this long of a career holding the clipboard, I truly would take, I would truly take uh, CJB over Stanzi. And I love Stanzi. Oh, my God, did I love him. But how many interceptions did he throw? His freaking, um, let's see, was it his junior year? Yeah, his junior year he had like 17 touchdowns and 15 interceptions and had four or five of them brought back for touchdowns. It was ugly. Oh, it was yeah, ugly. it was. And CJB doesn't really do that. I like his arm strength. It's not huge arm strength. Um, unfortunately, CJB didn't get to run the 40, which 
I know everybody's saying isn't a big deal, and I guess it's probably not a big deal because you look at the film and you see how he can get away from pressure and you can see how he can run and make plays, and I like that, and I think the NFL will like that. But if he gets hit, he's going to get hurt again. It's, it's, he's only, I think he's, what was he going to say, 218 pounds, 219 mm-hmm. pounds. He was almost 6'3", which surprised me. I think I saw. Did you? I, I didn't know that he was quite, when they said he was 6'2", I wasn't quite sure. I thought maybe they were fudging on that, but no, I guess they weren't. CJ didn't run the 40, said his hammy, still not feeling 100%, did throw there. CJ Beathard's not going to be drafted. I, I think we can all agree with that, right? You don't think so? Well, I've, I've read some stuff where you're right. Yes. Would I agree with you? Yes. Um, he might slip in there with his dad or his grandpa's connections and then. Um, but. If they look at the the film from the previous season, I mean, if you look at this film, it's pathetic. I mean, it was pathetic. And what's what's the film the junior year that you're showing that you're getting real excited about, where you see an NFL quarterback? Anything real exciting, no, but I would blame that on the offense. I would blame that on more of the coaches. And, you know, I love love Kirk, but I would blame that more on the coaches. I think he can be accurate. Um, Again, am I saying he's a stud of all studs and going to start in the NFL? No. But I think he can back up. I mean, there's not a lot of good backups in the NFL if you watch. I mean, you watch the NFL ton more than I probably do. But I don't believe that he can't back up in the NFL. I mean, I, I think he's got that talent. Um, he's a good leader. He's a good guy. And he's got connections. And you know what, Trent? I mean, a lot. It really does. You're all about the with, connections. I got you. I got with you. His dad, with his grandpa and with Kirk. And, yes, I truly – okay, let's bet right now. Is he going to – Make an NFL team um, in the next couple of years? Uh, no, I would say no. I'd put my money on no. Making a team, being on an active roster—that's what we're getting at, right? Okay, you're not even—you're not even counting practice squad. No, 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 no. We're, if we're talking about this in in this kind of circumstance, and I'm going to put my neck out on the line, we at least have to have it. You got to be part of an active roster. You can't be. Okay, will he make a practice to, squad? Yeah, I think he will. Yeah, I think. Okay, there we go. We're, we're yeah. about right. We're about on the same page. Yeah, sounds like. But an active roster, I just don't see it. He saw ghosts. He saw ghosts, and he he was bad in the pocket. As bad as the protection was, C.J. Beathard last year, his clock was off, his management was off. He just, frankly, he wasn't very good back there. And you can blame a lot of that on the offensive scheme, but that still comes back to the quarterback. And he did not have that it factor back there in the pocket. He was falling okay. down before the pressure even got there. That is not a good thing for a quarterback. Well, when you're injured, that happens. And also, um, and I hope if you have friends, or I wish I had a friend, I wish I sat in the end zone seats like I've told you before, I'd love to freaking see what he saw. I mean, we can sit here and say, oh, well, he's got, you know, he's dancing back there, he's getting scared. But if we got to actually see the game film, if we got to see the coach's tape, if we got to sit in the end zone and see what he's seeing, what, I mean, at some point, 1-1,000, 2-1,000, 3-1,000, and there's nobody open. I don't know what he's supposed to do. A guy by the name of uh, the quarterback at Oklahoma, he had trouble with that at the beginning of the year until their stud wide receiver got there. He looked exactly like CJB that first game against Houston. And if you have nobody open, I'm not sure what you're supposed to do, Trent. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess we're we're on different sides of this one. Anything else from Pro Day, though, you want to get into here? Wolfgang, you want to get into some hoops? 
Yeah, we, yeah, let's do the hoops. Yeah, let's uh, we can finish that off, and then yeah, we got plenty of time for. for well, I, I'm very impressed because I know you had both South Carolina and Oregon in your Final Four, so good job with that. You got <laughs> thank you. You, thank you got North Carolina playing Gonzaga for the championship. So congratulations, you knocked it out of the park. I really appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you pointing that out because I like to be right, and a lot of people don't point that I had that that all that right. Um, I was thinking about this, and you, and you tell me. I think it was Michigan, and Michigan isn't the first program that's done this. And they were saying, like, why not Michigan? Why not now? Why not blah, blah, blah? And you sit there and look at South Carolina and what Frank Martin has done. You look at, and how fast he's done it, you look at Butler with Licklider, okay, that everybody now thinks is a joke of a head coach, but he wasn't at Butler. Brad Stevens, Thad Mata, Barry Collier before Licklider, who got it going. Mm-hmm. And now I can't, I can't remember the coach's name now, but they had five Sweet Sixteens since 2003, two national title championships where they almost beat Duke. You got Gonzaga, a private school that doesn't even have 5,000 freaking students. Creighton, Wichita State, Xavier. I looked up Xavier Trent because I, I, I'm like thinking, why does Xavier not give more tre- get more credit? They were an 11 seed, but nobody ever talks about them. They have, let me uh, look real quick, they have three Elite Eights since 2004 and six Sweet 16 since 2008. Six Sweet 16 since 2008, Xavier. Okay? Why not Iowa? Why can't Iowa do this? There's all these other teams. I'm, I'm not going to dumb down my expectations when I see a lot of these other programs that are succeeding at a hardcore level. And I look at, you know, I, I'm not going to dump down my expectations. I think Iowa can and will win the Big Ten next year. I'm putting myself on a little bit of a line. John Miller has um, come out with some of his stuff and, and broke down. He sent me something with just hardcore statistics of everybody back, blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God, it was crazy. Literally, it was like it was sports porn for me. But I think Iowa can do it. Am I going out on a little bit of a limb there? Yes, I am. Um, who do you got? I'm guessing you got Minnesota. Let me yep. guess. Maryland two, Northwestern three, Iowa four. That is correct. You you knocked it out of the park there, and and maybe Michigan State up there as well. That that'd be my top five at the very least. That would be my top five right now. I'd throw Sparty in the mix as well. So. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. You know, Indiana, that's a great unknown. Ohio State, can Thad Mata get it turned around after two subpar seasons? Can he get it, you know, kind of righted here as they give him another season? You got that going on. Purdue, what happens there? They lose Biggie, but they still have plenty back. I mean, you go on and on. There's no doubt. As much as the national narrative this year was the Big Ten was down, that's not going to be the narrative next year. There's an opportunity for the Big Ten to make a big jump forward. They'll have the opportunity against the ACC. They'll have plenty of non-conference games. It could be very much a year. It's not going to be your prototypical heavyweights that you always talk about, the Indiana's, Ohio State's of the world, up there at the top. But there's going to be a lot of really good basketball teams at the top. And I was right there. I was right there with them. And, and now it's about taking that next step. Fran has gotten this program back to becoming mm-hmm. what they were under Dr. Tom. That's that's the level that he's got them back to. Can he break through and get to that next step? Can he compete for a regular season title? Can he get them into the second weekend and do it two out of three years? Can he do things like that? If that happens, well, then we're on a trajectory that we haven't seen in a long time in Iowa City in basketball. And I agree with the Minnesota. And I, I, 
I'm picking Iowa. I understand that, but I understand the Minnesota, Minnesota, you know, Northwestern, Maryland thing. I get that, and I understand Iowa is probably a guard short. So we're going to have to see some stuff. One thing that I think when I look at this Iowa team that we have not seen Trent for a long time, probably since you've been doing sports radio, is a team that actually maybe believes in them in themselves. Yeah. I look at them, and I think they actually think and they deserve to be on the court with anybody. I have not seen that for so long, and it's it used to um, – obviously, I'm a Hawkeye fan, but I root for the Cyclones as well. But it used to um, – a little bit of jealousy there with the Cyclones over the years when the, the cockiness almost, the confidence that they showed. And, I, and for the Cyclone fans that are listening, I don't consider cocky. You can go a little too far with cocky. Iowa State's had that. They've always believed in them in themselves, and that's why they've won the stuff they've won. So if Iowa Iowa has that, we'll see if they can actually get it done. But um, yeah, John doesn't. John had seven teams, I believe, that could finish and maybe win it. Um, I got I got Iowa winning it. And the one thing that I don't think John is putting out there is that how young we are and steps forward that we're going to take. There's no math that you can put into that. I mean, we can sit here and talk about what kind of steps all the young freshmen are going to make. They're going to make big-time steps, in my opinion. And you, you heard about the story about Cook after we lost to TCU. He's going out there and shooting free throws, and he's working on his game. Instead of going left, John likes to say, you know, he always goes left, and he doesn't go right as much. Well, pump fake, you know, figure stuff out. This team has it, and – They've got the confidence of guys that I've never seen at Iowa in a long, long time with, like, Pemsel. I think Cook took something from Pemsel. I think Cook, practicing with Pemsel, got that confidence, got that little swagger, got that bad arsonist, you know, in him. Mm-hmm. And we got two guys on that team. And, and you know what? Guess who else is a bad arse, even though I bet you he couldn't bench as much as my mother, which <laughs> is Bear. Okay? Bear's got confidence. Bear kept us in that TCU game. A guy by the name of, which I can't freaking believe again, our boy uh, Bohannon, what that bleep, he's got swagger, he's got confidence, he's got, you know, play a little defense, he can, he'll learn, he was a freshman, he'll stay in front of his guy, he'll continue to listen to the coaches, but I am pumped, as you can tell by my diatribe here, about how, <laughs> how pumped I am about this team. I, I, I don't want to get through football season that fast, but I'm look. It would be so much fun during football season if, if we're not having the season that we have and being able to look forward to that because we're not used to that. I think we're going to be good. I, I hope that's the case. Now, Wolfgang, you got to put together the non-conference schedule. Oh, there you go with that. Yeah, you're good at this. You, Yep, you and John are good at this. You guys are good at minutes. Non-con, tell me how we do this, Trent Condon, mm-hmm. where the analytics that you and I love don't, Kill us. Please tell me what to do. We get in the hunt. We, those bad teams that we schedule should be in the hundreds and not the 200s and 300s, right? You got you to gotta get good at this, right? Gary Barta or whoever's doing this? Yeah, it's, it's as simple as that. Nick Fran is a part of it. Now, here's the one thing that I don't think anybody knows. When it comes to buy games, as I've mentioned many times before, everybody has buy games. It happens everywhere. Mm-hmm. But yeah. How much money is Iowa willing to pay? How much money is Iowa willing to go out there and put uh, when you're putting together? Because 
you can get teams from the SWAC, from the MEAC, and they come in cheap. And they'll come in for sixty, seventy thousand 70000 in comparison to if you're going to take on a good mid-major, a solid mid-major, they usually demand a little bit more for a buy game. So you get into that. If that's the case, spend the money. If it's the difference between we got to spend 70000 to bring in Maryland Eastern Shore or we got to spend 100000 to bring in a decent team from the MAC, spend the money. Spend the money. It is worth it, and it'll be worth it in the end when it comes to the NCAA tournament. Not just getting in, but in terms of seeding. It does impact it, and we saw it just this year. Minnesota got beat by Wisconsin, finished behind them in the standings, finished behind them in the Big Ten tournament, yet Minnesota, because of their RPI, got a 5 seed. The Badgers were left with an 8 seed. So these things do matter. Do that. They're going to the Cayman Islands. Uh, Cincinnati will be there, and then a bunch of decent mid-majors. It's not a, you know, it's not a who's who. It's not Maui or anything like you that. Know, but... You know off the top of your head, or no, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you know who, who's there? Or It's okay if you don't. No, I got it. It's uh, Well, like I said, Cincinnati. It'll be Iowa and Cincinnati. will be on opposite sides of the bracket. And okay. the other teams are UAB, good mid-major. Wyoming, yeah. good mid-major. Buffalo yeah. has been pretty good the last few years in the MAC. Louisiana Lafayette's been decent in the Sun Belt. Richmond, good 18-10 team, and South Dakota State. So a lot of good mid-majors there, along with Iowa and Cincinnati in this tournament. They'll be These are all chances to pick up teams that, at the very least, will be top 150 teams. It's not going to hurt you. You play an ACC Big Ten Challenge game. That'll be at home this year. I would love to see Bayheim and Syracuse come to town. We'll see how that one works out. You have that one on the schedule. You go to Iowa State this year uh, in the Big Four Classic. It'll be, well, it'll be Drake this year, right? Yeah, it'll be Drake this year yeah. in the yep. Big Four Classic. So that's what you have at this point. I saw they have a bye game against uh, Southern Utah, who's awful, absolutely terrible. That'll, that'll kill. <laughs> but you can't have too many of those. A couple, no problem. If you have, let's just say they have five bye games, two awful teams, three, two below-average teams, teams, you know, a middle-of-the-road MAC team, a, a team that can come in, that'll be okay. You know, a middle-of-the-road like Omaha this year, a little bit better than that from the Summit League, the Horizon League. Look at leagues like that. You don't have to go and play the heavyweight. You don't have to play the best team, but you know, bring in Oakland. Oakland was good this year. You know, yeah. We've seen yeah, them yeah. in the past make their way there. Oakland, Oakland Michigan, right? Yes, yeah, Oakland, Michigan. Yeah. Bring, bring them in. Bring in schools like that that aren't going to kill your RPI. That's the way to build the schedule. We'll see if Randy Mack can do it. And, and you, I'd almost want you know you, these coaching searches with Drake and with Iowa. I've never understood this. I mean, you're an athletic director. You know, I mean, you either know what you're doing or not, or you're just a fundraiser. Maybe they are just fundraisers. That, that's fine. I get that. To me, as a basketball freak, I would never let somebody pick my coach. I just wouldn't do that, and I would never pay what they pay with the coaching searches. Maybe we need to have a schedule person that comes in and figures out and that knows their basketball freakishly, and is going to figure out, well, they'll be in the top 150. Mm-hmm. They'll be in the top 175 instead of the 300s or whatever that absolutely kills us because it's huge. It's huge when you don't make the tournament just because of, no offense, stupid bleep like that. <laughs> Scheduling. When you could have scheduled a 150 a couple times instead of a 230. Right. That, you know what I mean? That, that's what gets me PO'd. And, and I love the analytics, but we, we went over the uh, TCU. There were a couple couple where they were terrible and then there was the was it Sagarin or one of the other ones there were 40 something so it's it's not all the analytics are the same it's garbage in garbage out I love it you love it 
you like it. Maybe sometimes you hate it. I Sometimes I hate it. Sometimes, you know, I liked math as a kid. John's going back to all this math. I was getting on him on Twitter. I don't know if you saw it right before I went on with you. But I'm, I was getting on him. All of a sudden, he's a math guy. He hates math. <laughs> he freaking hates math. And now all of a sudden, he's a math dude. Kidding, John. Uh, Wolfgang, with that and your hot math rant, we're out of time. <laughs> all right. One plus one equals two. That a boy. Uh, the Spot West Glenn presents Wolfgang here on Tuesdays and Fridays, normally when we have a chance to talk with him, and we'll do it again real soon. That's Wolfgang Hawkeye with us. Where you can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. Always fun. Presented by The Spot at West Glen. We'll come back here on the other side. Still lots more to get to live from the Wolf Construction Roofing Studios. It's Jimmy B and TC. Big news, big talk. Join me, Diana Kelly, every Saturday morning at 10 for what's happening in your neighborhood with Inside Iowa. On 1700 KBGG. Draft House 50 is your home for all the big dance basketball coverage. Wall-to-wall TVs, excellent food, and every brew under the sun. For basketball, you have one spot to go. Draft House 50, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines. If you think trains will stop if they see a car on the tracks, you're right, they will. About a mile after they hit you. In 2015 alone, 230 people were killed at railroad crossings. Don't become the next fatality. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I'm Kevin Kugler with an NCAA tournament spotlight on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. One of just two number one seeds left, Gonzaga's march through the bracket left no doubt that they belong in the Final Four. Led by junior Nigel Williams-Goss, the 36-1 Bulldogs will make their first ever Final Four appearance against another first-timer, South Carolina, on Saturday. To make sure you don't miss any of the action, tune into Westwood One's exclusive coverage of the NCAA Final Four right here. State Farm knows that life is like college basketball. Having the right combination can make all the difference. Getting the upset and busting the bracket? Oh, you see that? Oh, Good combination. Getting upset and breaking the mirror. Dude, that is seven years bad luck. It was worth it. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Your team just lost by 50, by the way. Bad combination. At State Farm, we know the power of a good combination. Talk to an agent for help combining your home and auto into a plan that's right for you. State Farm, here to help life go right. We are coming up on that time of the year where it's time to do some spring maintenance. And Landon is here from Menards to give us some tips. What part of the house are we going to talk about maintaining today? Today we're going to look at your home's foundation. Typically in the spring, we experience a good amount of rain. To protect against a potential flood, it's a good idea to inspect the foundation around your house before the spring rains. What should we look for in our inspections? Look for cracks or imperfections and repair or seal them if necessary. You can also look for low areas near your foundation in your yard that may pool water during a heavy rain. Level these areas with compacted soil. This will all better your chances of having a dry basement for the entire season. Thanks, Landon. You can find a wide range of products to protect your home's basement at Menards. And as always, if you have any questions, talk to a friendly team member. Save big money at Menards. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
If your wiper blades are worn and streaking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and save $8 instantly on a pair of Rain-X Latitude wiper blades. Improve visibility and save money with Rain-X Latitude wiper blades. Plus, take advantage of our free wiper blade installation. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. This just in, Wendy's is adding the quarter pound double stack as an option in the four for four for a limited time. With so much beef, that's a deal so good it should not exist. In related news, because their wings are too small for their bodies, bumblebees should not be able to fly. Here to comment, bees. Wait, we're not supposed to fly? Kinda like how a quarter pound of beef should not be in the four for four. Yet it is. That's over a quarter pound of fresh beef with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke, all for just $4. Any other bee puns? No, we're good, honey. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes four-piece nuggets, small fries, and drink. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. At Lowe's, we know that pros need to be ready. Ready to frame, ready to drill, ready to hang and install. And during the Ready to Refresh event, Lowe's has everything a pro needs for less. Now through April 2nd at Lowe's, pro customers can save up to 15% on select in-stock reliable masonite and gelled wind doors. Plus save 10 to 15% on select quick set products like deadbolts and smart key handle sets. See Lowe'sforpros.com or the Pro Desk for details. Door offer valid online only. Selection varies by location. U.S. only. Ladies and gentlemen, today's opponents on Man versus Train. At the crossing, we have Rick, a 175-pound frustrated man who's running late for work. And on the tracks, we have Bull, a million-pound freight train that takes a mile to stop. Let's see who comes out on top. You can't beat a train, so don't try. Stop. Trains can't. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. The weather's warming up and it's time to think about your spring projects. Wolf Construction Roofing can take any roofing job, large and small. Flat roofs, sloped or pitched. The guys at Wolf Construction will do a wonderful job for you. Most single-family home projects are completed in one day, and your property is left in better condition than they found it. Wolf Construction will do their best to honor you with timely communication, a job well done, and a price that's fair. It's Wolf Construction Roofing. Call BJ Ben.